Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode, the third, actually, of A Bit of Swag with myself and Dan Tight. On today's agenda, there's only one talking point, really. Daniel, that's uh, the big derby and the, the sadly, the, the, the big defeat, you have to say. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, the listeners can't see this, Nath, but I just put a gun to my head and blew my imaginary brains out, which was how I felt on Saturday. And, you know, I've chilled out a little bit since. Time can be a healer. But yeah, I'm looking forward to and not looking forward to pulling the bones out of it today. Well, well, before we get into the chatter, right, because I know we've both got a lot to say on, on the game and the result, let's, uh, let's just give our sponsors a big shout out. So to everyone at uh, Orchard Productions, they're obviously... They help us greatly and have done since day one. Also, get out the moving sounds. So if you're thinking of podcasting or anything like that, anything to do with uh, getting online, then uh, moving sounds, get on John. He's the man with his, uh, they're like Batman and Robin with his sidekick, Sophie. You know, together they're, they're a proper team. So if you've got, if you're thinking of podcasting at all, trust me, get in touch with get on John moving sounds he is definitely man and of course we have to shout out you dan and well, uh working word the big working word you're, you're looking rather rather suave with that um john boy walton shirt on today you look fantastic i've gone say. for the i've gone for the broke back mountain look today <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the aftermath of uh yeah the aftermath a sad shirt after after the defeat yeah, yeah. No, i just i just blue. need Need some love from somewhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's see if we can get a bit of love out of the day and a, a, a bit of love from our fans. I'll give them a bit of Christmas love and something to look forward to and, and some... Um, I mean, I, I always say when, when, you, when you stand to look at the game and the matches, you know, you're, I'm a type of person who's always looking for solutions to the problems I see in the games as well. And yes, I'm not a manager, but I understand the game as good, if not better, than a lot of other people, so... Just on the on the game itself, Dan. What did you what did, what did you think? You know, what did well, you feel? You know, we were we were excited for it, weren't we? Yeah, me and you yeah, were, yeah, we me were. And, me and you were exchanging messages. You were in the ground, and I think I, I think we probably echoed the feelings of a lot of Cardiff fans that after four wins on the bounce, forget about how well Swansea were doing. We knew Swansea were doing well. We knew Swansea had the best defense in the division this record uh, this this season. We were buzzing. We felt we would do it. Um, and the game started. We looked shaky to begin with. And they, they killed us with an early goal. You know, and it was a goal that... It's the kind of goal we cut out for the last four games. It was the kind of goal that we score. Long, looping ball to the back post. Bennett gets done by Connor Roberts. Morrison and Nelson were slow to react. Low. So, so okay, so before we go into the real detail of the game, because right, I can see you just, yeah. you're on a mad mission. <laughs> I can see it, right? <laughs> uh, let, let, let's go with the first question, right? Which, yeah. you know, we're trying to, what we're trying to do is mix and match some questions of our, from ourselves and also some questions from the fans. So uh, the first question, <clears throat> which is ob an, an obvious question um, and a question often posed, to players who play outside uh, or from outside of Cardiff or Wales, 
do you think the players understood or understand what the derby means? Look, I think that you can look at the performance and look at the results and say no, because they lost 2-0. They were out they were out battled, they were out fought with a TH, they were out fought with an F. Um, you know, does that mean they don't get it? Right. They, so you know. that 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 that's a that but that's always a label that's you yeah. know attached to people, right? You don't get it. You, you you've never played in a uh, in a derby or you never played in a South Wales derby. And I and I would say a lot of people probably don't from outside of um the Welsh pyramid. I would say a lot of people I know and I played with English players or what have you didn't get the rivalry. Didn't did, yeah. like, they got the fact that it's a derby but don't get the level of hatred between the two clubs. And, yeah. and also, I think what didn't help on, on Saturday was the fact there was no crowd. So there's no build-up, there's no anticipation. You, know, yeah. you don't get off the coach or get out of your car with those hairs standing on your neck. You don't see the usual fans who are usually clapping you and saying, oh, good luck today. They're usually like begging for blood and saying, you've got to win the day. You know? yeah. The whole build-up, the whole day, the build-up to the day, is different, but I would say you get the fact that it's a derby match, but understanding just like the significance of it, you know, it's difficult unless you've lived in the area for, for, for quite some time. Or I would say often, if you're say from, if you're from Blackburn and you've played in the Blackburn Burnley derby, that, that's real hatred, all right? Celtic Rangers, real hatred. You know, I've played in the Sheffield derby, Sheffield Steel, and yeah, you can have family members who are red and blue, mm. so it's kind of different. You don't really see that in, in, in Wales. You're either Swansea or Cardiff, which there's like 40-odd, 50-odd miles between the two. So I would say, you know, in my experience, you know, players, the longer they spend at the club, the more time they spend at the club, then they tend to get it. But um, do you think that has any bearing on, on, on the way they played? I think that all of the plans went out the window when we went one nil down. Um, to be honest, I think you you can look at players like Rawls and Morrison who've been around the club a long time, who've played in derbies. They should get it, but they're not from the area. Although Rawls would have moved here, I guess, when he was sixteen, seventeen. I think on the Swansea side, I yeah, you know, <clears throat> there was a lot of talk before the game, wasn't there? That oh, we've Cardiff have got four Welsh internationals in the team. They'll get it now. You know, with the best will in the world, Kiefer Moore hasn't been here long and he, he's from Torquay Way originally. Yeah, of course he's Welsh. Of course he pulls on the red shirt. Will Vokes is from the north. Mark Harris is from Swansea. Um, you know, and, and Harry Wilson's from the north as well. So they're, they're not Cardiff boys. They haven't, they haven't grown up around it, despite the fact they play for Wales. Whereas Swansea have got Connor Roberts, who's... Who's mad for it? Do you know what I mean? It, it me. It's sad, it's sad to say, but it, it does seem to mean more to them, to Swansea. They, you know, without saying it's their cup final, because look, they've they were in the Premier League for seven years and, and we weren't. They they love to beat us, don't they? Yeah, and 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 so they get up for it. So what do you think went wrong? So we've got, you know, there was there's a lot of talk before the game. The, the Cardiff have got four Welsh internationals in the team or, or four Welsh players in the team, so they should get it now because often Cardiff seem to have not got this game recently. But what I'm saying is those those players aren't from Cardiff. 
Mark Harris is from Swansea, so he'll get it, but, but from the other side. Will Vokes is from the north. Kiefer Moore's from Torquay. Um, Harry Wilson's from the north. So, yeah, they're Welsh players, but they're, they're not Cardiff boys. They don't, they don't get it that way. Whereas I feel like Swansea have got Connor Roberts. They, they've got Jacks in their team who will get it, and they seem to get up for it. Now, I'm not saying that us being up for it or had a bearing on the result in a way because, you know, I think we'll get into the tactics of it and we were tactically outdone, really, weren't we? Um, and we were 1-0 down after, after four yeah, or five I, I, minutes and then we're chasing the right, game. This is where yeah. I would say, for me, I was commentating on the game and first of all, right, fans would have heard me say before, on my old boot room show, they would have heard me on BBC saying, look, you can't play two in midfield against the three. And if you do, your two wingers have to play narrow, but those four have to understand what they are doing, right? Tactically, really have to understand. Because you think, oh, well, players will just naturally understand. But Wilson and Ojo coming in now means that you've got Bakuna on the right, and Bennett on the left, who effectively become your wingers, right? Now, they didn't really get forward at all. And what Swansea were able to do was pin them back. But if you think about it, Swansea have got a back three with two, with, with two uh, wing backs. So effectively, your full back and your winger, if you're Cardiff, should be able to outnumber their wing back, your 2v1, right? But then your four men in midfield, they play narrow to outnumber the three, right? Or... This is the question I posed to you last week. Do we stick with 4-4-2 or do we adapt our system accordingly? Because 4-4-2 against the top echelons of the league who understand that triangle and those little you know, passes in between the lines and what have you and been playing like that for the last four or five seasons, I think you're always going to come up against it. And I, I, this, is, this is my fear of us not getting left behind, but... We are a good way behind, in my opinion, right? Because we, we have gone, and I said it last week, we've gone backwards to a system of play, which unless you are blob on at it, and unless your wingers like to play inside as midfielders rather than outside as wingers, you're going to have a problem. Now, Ojo's been on fire, Wilson's been on fire, but they were both blowing at the end, of, halfway through the first half, because... They were being asked to do so much work, right? Kiefer Moore was playing too deep. Uh, Harris was too deep. So what was happening is when we'd lose the ball, when we gained back possession of the ball, when you're looking for the release ball at the Kiefer Moore, he's literally 20 yards in front of you, but out of position and behind three men. So you just end up kicking it away. What happens once you pick it up, restart the game, right? And that was constantly happening. Little things. I thought Neil Harris could have, done things like the, the, the timing was off, right? If you, look, if you watch the game again, Dan, right, little things like this. When the full-backs for Cardiff or centre-backs of the Cardiff would get the ball and pump it wide to our wingers, their first touch was backwards because the Swansea defender was right up against them, arriving at the right time. If you flip it over, what often often happened was well, as soon as the Swansea wing back would get the ball from the defender he would get on the half turn and be able to play forward to the striker that is like essential right you don't understand how 
much difference. That one little thing, issue, creates either momentum, momentum four, because you're able to turn and play forward, so the ball's going an extra 30, 40 yards. Then you play back, and you're over the halfway line. Then you play forward, you're, you're attacking the, the touchline. So the importance of simple little details like that, which I, I mentioned on air at halftime and before halftime, and I was surprised that Neil Harris didn't tweak things accordingly. Or even go match them up, right? Go yeah. three at the back with wing backs or go uh, four at the back with five across the middle with, with Moore or Glatzel yeah. as a lone striker, right? And have two, Ojo and Wilson as the wingmen. Right, and leave three in the middle. You know, I, I was just so shocked that tactically, because if you remember last week, you know, we got a lot of praise for his tactics. I think you gave him a lot of praise for his tactics, Neil Harris. But I felt Saturday they were yeah. they were so far off it. It was um, not so far. They were just they were slightly off it. Which the, what what it means is the rest of your game doesn't click. So it looks awful. Yeah. Right. But it's not awful. It's just tactically tweaking one or two things. Might have to adjust your system, right? In order to, and it might take ten minutes for you to get a foothold. But once p players get used to, because they're probably more used to playing four three three than they are playing four four two. These players these days, right? Yeah. So it's almost, you know, slightly alien to them. To me and my generation, four four two was the norm. To this generation, it, it it's different. So. Um, and yeah. I guess we'd have to include we'd have to include Neil Harris in that generation as well. You know, the man who's making the decision to Absolutely. to play the foot to play the four four two. I think um, I think what you say there, Nate, was that that little insight you give us about the ball going out to the wingers um, or or the wing backs, and then instantly being under pressure from 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 the Swansea defenders was indicative of the whole way we looked after the ball well, in the game. That's you what know? I said, right? So the knock on effect then looks is huge. Just on that one little tactical element, right? The fact that they're arriving as you take your touch, which means you have to go backwards, but you're arriving after he's had his touch and turned, means they can go forwards. And we always talk about momentum and how big momentum shifts are in games, but you're actually giving them the ability to create momentum, right? And I thought also... I, I, I will, about the game a bit, I would say, like, I thought their player, Bennett, was extremely lucky, Mike, to stay on the pitch, mm. right? That was a mass, massive moment. Yeah, that, and, you and know. I felt if Kiefer Moore has his time again, I know exactly I'm inside his mind, right? As he beats him, he's thinking, my first goal against Swansea, right? Yeah. But he's stumbling, right? But you, you're like, you're thinking, I can get the shot off. But he's never in the right position technically to get the shot on target. And then probably thought to himself, if I had gone down and the, you know, the players had gone up a bit and surrounded the referee, Bennett's walking, right? They got no doubt about that. And I, and I did feel the referee should have... Um, well, I felt at a decent game, mind, although you know, we weren't really at it, so it wasn't the usual derby. But I felt the, the referee was decent. But I felt Kiefer Morse probably thinking after the event, I should have just gone down. You know? Yeah. I think... Um... You know, we we did get a foothold in the game. You know, we've gone one nil down after about six minutes. We still looked really shaky, but we, we had a 10, 15 minute spell. I think it probably started when Mark Harris went down the wing, beats Bennett for pace and Bennett just body checks him. That was a moment there where you felt, right, we're in this. 
and it kind of it kind of culminated with 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 the second Bennett challenge, the free kick then from Harry Harry Wilson. You think, Harry Wilson, this is why we signed you. You know, free kick against Swansea top corner, a little bit too close for Harry Wilson. Maybe would that have been a bit nicer for Tomlin if Tomlin's on the pitch? Yeah, he, he, he you, needed a bit more of a uh, either a floater or a bit more swaz on it. Yeah, a bit of swaz. Right? <laughs> he needed a bit more swaz on it because depending on where you are and the angles where you are, bending that ball and getting it on target, it's almost, you know, to do the, to do the a bit of swaz Man City inside the box slow bender, it's, it's, it, it, it is the angle more than yeah. anything else. You have to be on the angle to give the, time, the, the ball time to dip. There wasn't a lot of swaz on that. Harry's free kick, I felt, you've, we've seen Tomlin do the little flipper. Right. Yeah. With it not. West West Brom last season, Sheffield Wednesday last season. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I was I, I was I thought Wilson probably thought to himself, or oh, go with the, the 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 driver that he's got. Yeah? yeah, the one where he just pings it and it dips Ronaldo esque. So a bit disappointing, but you know we didn't create a lot. That was that was that, that was it really. You know, I think Glad Glatzel had a header, didn't he? Which you know. Glatzel's never going to do anything. He's never going to do anything with a header, is he? To be honest, he's 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 the wrong striker for that. And I I think that was. I had a bit of hope for fifteen minutes in in the first half, and that was quickly extinguished. You you know, you could see. You know, roles had been booked, and you knew when Bennett went off. And sorry, didn't go off. That that's going to come back to bite us on the ass. And I can see one of ours going off. And roles, you know, was it. It was, a, it was a shocking first touch for him and then he's trying to make up for the, for the first touch. And, and again, it goes back to us not being comfortable on the ball. And we were made to look, look, we're not the most comfortable team on the ball anyway. We do have good passes. We, we like to get the ball out quickly to the wingers. We like to get the ball out quickly, quickly up top. You know, there's been a lot of talk this week about us not having a philosophy and not having an identity. And I think we do. I think if you ask other, other fans or other managers or other players what's Cardiff's identity... It's pretty, pretty strong in their minds that we're a big team. We like to score from set pieces. We like to get it out quick to the wingers. We like to get it up quick to the striker. That's our identity. Now, it's not a very modern identity, but it is an, it is an identity. Now, I'd say, I'd say Harris tried to change that at the, the beginning of this season when you're seeing the ball coming out from Smithies to defenders rather than being lumped up front. You're seeing us having more possession than teams. We haven't seen that for a long time. And what happens? The results were in there. So what does he do? He quickly changes back. But he doesn't change back. He changes to this 4-4-2, which sees us have much less of the ball than teams again. But what happens? We start winning. So everyone's happy. Yeah, and I've been one of those people who, who, who criticises the club for a lack of philosophy, right? Dan, and I was going to jump in, but I thought, let me let, let Dan make his point. And you, 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 you blob on, right? And it's what I always say. So the fans know what our philosophy is, right? And you've just said it there, right? But take away the big physicality, right? Our fans like fast-flowing, attacking, counter-attacking football. They like players who can play at a tempo, right? Swansea, slightly different now. They're more of a, a keep-ball-possession-based Man City, right? We are more of a Chelsea, Right, is how I would define the two sort of philosophies. Right, the problem with our club is the f- philosophy changes as the manager does, and that's the wrong way round. You've just hit the nail on the head, Dan, when you said 
our fans know what our philosophy is, what we want to see, right? And I've always said, <coughs> listen, I donned the glorious blue shirt. I know exactly what used to turn those fans on. I was the one playing on the left wing next to the Bob Bank, remember? So when I didn't play well, you better sort yourself out, Blakes, right? <laughs> and when I did play well, you're the hero, right? I want to have your children. So I know exactly what got them up, what they didn't like, and that ends up becoming part of how you play, how you approach the game, right, as a player. Now, for me, the, the regime currently in charge has been here 10 years now, and I've been saying it for as long as they've been here. You know, understand your club's philosophy. Understand what your fans want to see. And then what you do is employ managers. And that manager will buy players that fit the kind of style of football that our fans love. It's a triangle, right? It's, it's quite simple to do rather than going from your Russell Slays to your Marky McCoy's to your Ollie Solskjaer's to your Paul Trollope's to your... Do you understand what I mean? We, we, we've got, like, mm. you could say the last six managers of all our different philosophies. You know, mm. you couldn't even say Margaret McCoy and Neil Warnock got the same philosophy. Defensive in one sense, but different. Margie didn't have players following people around the pitch. Neil does. So the, uh, the, our identity, for me, you know, we've done fantastically well in 10 years to get two promotions doing what we're doing. But I just feel that we need to really, really, and this is, and this comes from the hierarchy. They really, really need to, 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 to accept that maybe they're not sure about how you get the philosophy through the club, right? But they really need to start adopting it and start understanding it because, for themselves, in the long run, over the last ten years, okay, I think if they had uh, adopted the philosophy, they'd probably go to the Premier League. Uh, twice and probably stay there if not three or four years at least and then possibly the second time you become a mainstay or if not you have your five six seven eight years and then you uh, you, you might come out but then you, you're, you're, you're like a West Ham you know a West Brom you know you're always Norwich you're always teetering on becoming that big Premier League club and we've seen yeah. smaller clubs do it. You know, we've seen the likes of Bournemouth stay in there for four or five seasons. Yeah. You know, Swansea stay in there for seven seasons. So it, it's not that it can't be done. But no, I mean, I'm... Go on, mate. I was just going to say, I'm not saying we're a bigger club than them, but Pal Palace went up in the playoffs when we went up under Malky. And, you know, they're, they're doing really well this season. They're getting a draw against Tottenham on the weekend. So Yeah, but the, and you see that if you're going to get to the top, You've got to play football, Dan. It's, it, it, it is what we've done since, you could two, since you're two years old. You, 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 your mother, your father, your brother, whatever, your sister takes you out in the garden and starts telling you to kick the ball, you know, and can you control it and can, can you look at him running with it and whatever. The, the idea is not to kick it away, all right? Yeah. Don't give it away. It's the most precious thing on the park. It's the thing that if you stop it going in your net, great. If you put it in the opposition's net, you win, right? It's yeah. as simple as that. And... We've got to become uh, more adept at, 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 at possession, right? At a tempo, right? You know, like we should be Swansea's biggest nightmare. Down the road, big city club, you know, money in the bank, an owner that spends money, 
and a team that can counter attack for fun mm. and wants you to you know keep ball keep ball because they've got the players that will just destroy you on the counter attack you know you remember man united at their best yeah, yeah. and ronaldo and rooney's days i i i i don't we're not like man united but that's the kind of philosophy that old trafford philosophy old trafford and, and, and man city man united man city miles apart on their philosophy like miles apart you know and you know i think I think you've seen it when Fergie came up against Pep in the Champions League, but we, we digress, right? So, listen, let's, uh, we've had a bit of interaction with the fans, which has been great. Yeah. We want more of it. So, you know, I've got, a, I've got a, a fans question, right? We put it out there, and it comes in from Henry Say, I think you pronounce his name, S-A-Y-E. And Henry asks, do we think that Tan needs to give Harris funds to have a proper go. What he means is to have a proper go at getting promotion. There are no standout teams in the championship this year. What do you think? I think we go, if we go back to the philosophy question and we go back to the bouncing around managers question, it, you know, it probably needs to tie into that. I completely see where Henry's coming from. We, we were looking at Four, five games ago, we were looking at the bottom of the table. After those four wins, we were five points off the top. Now that shows that it could be in grasp if we if we uh, if we get a, another good run behind this. Um, I saw a stat which interests me just before the Swansea game that you know there was the one doing the rounds a little while ago that was under Har- under Harris since Harris took over. We had the best away record out of any team in the four divisions, better than Liverpool, better than Leeds, you know. When you consider the away form under Warnock, that's a big thing he turned around. <clears throat> this one surprised me, though, just before the Swansea game. Under Harris, we got more points than anyone in the Championship, bar Brentford. Now, obviously, some teams have gone up and we're only in there for one season, but, you know, so if you think about, if you think about how Harris has done, because I know fans again are calling for his head after that because it hurts. We were so... We were so done, weren't we, on Saturday? It hurts. And do you want to be giving money to a manager who could be gone, uh, you know, by the end of the season, before the end of the season? You know, who cares really as a fan? It's Tan's money. We wanted to spend it. We wanted to spend to spend it on us. I, I think I think you 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 nail on the head in the sense that the problem the problem for me is you can keep pouring money into this, right? And money has has probably saved us quite a few times, right? Saves our blushes quite a few times, whether that's buying another player or, you know, getting a new manager in and sacking the manager and paying him off and, you know, saving our, our SOS sort of thing. But I, I, I think you're right there. I don't, but I, I, I think it all goes back to the philosophy all the time, right? And, and that is where I say that the, the, those at the top have to sort of you know, they, they've, they've done okay in 10 years, two promotions. You know, I, I say that, you know, they've done okay. But ultimately, the money that Mr. Tan is spending, he should be having like five, six, seven, eight years in the Premier League, you know? And, you know, giving, giving Neil Harris more money at this moment in time, when everything's so uneasy, 
right? And, and this is where I say, when I mentioned the problem of the money covers a lot of problems. For me, you've got a squad that you've invested in. Now, do you look at that squad and say, right, for the money I've put into it, that's an excellent squad, right? Because if you look at our opposition on Saturday and the investment that's gone into there for the last three, four years, it's been very, very... It's, in comparison to us, it's, it's nothing, right? Plus, add to that, they've sold three or four players and made 30, 40 million quid. But with their philosophy to fall back on in times of need, which you would say is now, they're not skinned, but you know they don't spend money like we spend money, but they have a philosophy, and they employed a manager that was going to fit into that philosophy, which gets the players comfortable playing in that philosophy. So that word philosophy acts as like a barrier, right, or a foundation, however you want to put it, and you're able to get away with a lot more than you would under normal circumstances if you've not got philosophy. So I would say in, in answer to uh, Henry's question, I think it's too straightforward to just say chuck more money at it. That's what we keep doing, right? But at some point, we've got to recognise that you know, we just like, uh, you know, like a dog chasing his tail, you know, with every, every, couple of, every couple of years, it catches his tail for a few seconds and then it lets it go again, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the analogy I would use. But um, no, I, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question that I'll be on a lot of people's lips. What do we do now after those four games? And for me, it was always, and I said it online, you know, it's when we come up against the big teams with 4-4-2. What, what, what's going to be adopted then? And I think the fact that we didn't really rotate any players, playing the same team for four or five games, or for four games in this current climate, a game every, I think we've played every like three or four days. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's, that, that's a massive ask. But Swansea, as you've seen, they keep rotating. That was, that, that was another big thing for me. Just a, just a last point on, on signings for Henry. I think um, <laughs> thinking of philosophy, thinking of the board throwing money after stuff and thinking about how other clubs work. Who's, who's choosing the players to fit, to fit our style of play? Are they stop gaps because we need a right back or we need a midfielder who can do something our other midfielders don't do? And, and why do we need those? Because they fit into the way we play or are they just sticking plasters for somebody who's injured or et cetera, et cetera. You know, in, in other clubs, you've got someone above the manager, on the board, football people, who will help the manager make decisions on signings. Have we got that? I can't, I can't see any football people at the club apart from Neil Harris. So if Neil Harris is the one spending the money and then he goes, that doesn't fit... They, do those players work for the next manager? Yes or no? Right. You know? but, if the ma but if the philosophy's there, yeah. you bring the manager in, that fits with those players, right? Because you, keep, you yeah. keep signing uh, the type of player that fits your philosophy. So it, yeah. it, 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 the, uh, the triangle you know, meets at all ends, basically. There's a thing, my, um, so my old, I was chatting to my old man a few weeks ago, probably just as this run of form was starting, my old man, and, what's know, my old man's name? Give him a shout out. Steve, Steve Tight. Uh, All right, Stevie Tight. Stevie Tight. Sounds he like the right East End he gangster, did, didn't he? <laughs> he doesn't talk like that. He was born in Ely, so. Um, <laughs> so 
All right, now then. <laughs> All right, Dad. Um, so, you know, he grew up watching City in the 60s, 70s. Uh, and he said to me, we need a football person on the board. The, the board of Mr. Trick not getting Toshak on the board. Now, I know what you might think about that, Nate, because you would have played under Toshak for Wales. And I know that people think Toshak's a dinosaur. But he, you know, his thinking is, obviously idolising Toshak, seeing him as a player, is that we need this a figurehead, a football figurehead on the board. And the, the example he used was like Bobby Charlton at Man United, who can just say to the board, no, that's the wrong decision. What are you doing there? A football person, a legend. You know, Nathan could be yourself. Um, so no, I, I, I mean, I've said in the past that, you know, early, like probably first three or four years, because they did, you know, there was a lot of contact between myself and the new owners coming in uh, in the beginning, um, also around Ridsdale and people like that. I, I was asked a, a couple of things and to uh, get involved with a few things. But honestly, Dan, I look at it and think, well, if you look throughout the club, there are no f footballing people or there are no players from yesteryear or people from yesteryear involved. Right? It's almost like they keep saying we'll learn on the job. But this is where I say the funds come in handy. If you're a billionaire, you can cover mistakes all the time. Right? It, it's easy to do. But I would go the other way. If I'm a billionaire, I would say, well, if I get this right, I can be a multi-billionaire. Right? Quite straightforward. Right? And recognize you've got, there's no other business that you go in that you don't go into Tesco's or you don't work in Tesco's and the shoppers adore you. Ha <laughs> ha, man, you know, told me where the peas were, I adore him, right? <laughs> it doesn't happen, right? And I always say, the focus, the emphasis ends, the pinnacle is the 11 on the pitch, your squad, and who's leading them in the battle every week, right? And then you can talk about your 23s, your 18s, and subsequently all the way down to your, say, your under 12s, right? under 10s, 12s. But at the top, if you look at Cardiff, throughout the club, unfortunately, there aren't enough football people involved. And that's been the way for, for many, many moons. And, and, and you, you find whenever there are people at the club who are maybe former players or, or, or involved, they don't seem to last long, right? So you've got to think, well, maybe they challenge the status quo. Maybe they see the status quo as, well, this isn't really working, you know? So they're not, they're almost, almost like, well, they're more of a danger because they're exposing us rather than us accepting maybe we're not quite blob on here and maybe that input will help. You know, there's no guarantees, but I think you're right when you say they need people or need someone and it's more than one person, though, Dan, right? That's what I'm saying. You, you, you know, you go through the academy in the 23s and the first team. Uh, and, yeah, you've got Neil Harris and his staff. Of course, that, that works well. The physios work well. Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, leading the ship, where is it going? What's the destination? How are we going to get there? What are we going to use to get there? You know, who are the people? You know, the commercial staff, everything around the club. Are we all going in the right direction? Are we all going in the same direction? So, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know it's, it's a difficult one, but 
you know, the right people in the right places, I think you'd see a big change at, at Cardiff City in their, uh, in their success. Oh, we got a few more questions from fans or comments, Nath, which kind of lead into what you wanted to talk about next. Um, so we've got Gary Haynes, who I often have a pint with at halftime when you're out in the ground, saying, hey, gee, I think Blakey preempted the performance when he asked Dan last week, do you stick with one tactic or adapt based on op- opposition? Harris stubbornly stuck when clearly tactics weren't right from minute one. Smothered us in midfield, should have changed shape, tactically inept. Um, you know, and, and similar really from, from Craig Parfit Parry, going on the 4-4-2, clearly didn't have the legs, no passion, no desire. You never would have thought they were playing a derby. Uh, and Craig Teague says, less said the better. We, we can't say, we're going to have to avoid that one, Craig, because we've got to chat because it's a podcast. <laughs> what do you think? So picking up on something Gary Haynes says there, you know, changing the tactics when they were, weren't right from minute one. Now... Yeah, I know exactly what it means. I would have gone 4-4-3. 4-3-3, uh, yeah. three, sorry. 4-4-3 four, four, would have been nice. But I would have gone 4-3-3. Three, three. All right, straight away. Uh, if, if, my, if I'm not comfortable with three at the back, which I don't think we are quite there yet, right? Okay, I keep my four at the back. I take off maybe young Harris, right? I'll put uh, another midfielder on and I push Ojo and Wilson up alongside Moore, but they work back and help the three, so you outnumber them effectively. Um, I that's what I would have done straight away. I would have done that after 15 minutes, I think. And it wouldn't yeah. have been nothing, it wouldn't have been, and I would have gone public straight after the game and said, young Mark Harris is just unfortunate, but I could quickly see that you know, the shape we, we had adopted wasn't right against this team. And, and I know we've got energy problems because I'm playing the same 11 um, I have done in the last four games. Right? So for me, I, I would have changed tactics pretty quickly. Right? And we've, we've seen managers do it, right? especially when it's tactical. But OK, it's a quick admission, hands up, I got it wrong. But... What it does, it gives me 75 minutes or 70 minutes to make sure I get something out of a game of this magnitude, of this importance. I was speaking, one of the boys I played football with last night, so Jack, unfortunately, uh, Bryn. He won't be listening, so there's no point giving him a shout out. Um, and I was speaking to him last night and he, he said, you know, and City fans will know this, Swansea went more defensively. They stuck an extra defensive midfielder in there. They had attacking players on the bench. Because they, they felt like we would come at them. And if they needed to go more attacking as the game got up, got on, because we went ahead, they had the weaponry on the bench. They couldn't, they couldn't believe it when they went 1-0 up after five minutes. And it just played into their hands because they were set up to be defensive. They were set up to have the ball. They were set up to smother us. And they won the up. See, and, and Cardiff's tactic was what they've been doing in the last four or five games. Was, and you could see it, right? When, especially when because you're going to be up for it if you keep for more, right? But when him and Harris, we were deep defensive block, right? And then Kiefer Moore and Harris were not coming just... Kiefer Moore, right in the, after the first minute, he, he, he tracks back and nicks the ball off someone in midfield, right? Which I thought was brilliant. But he was in Swansea's half 
and track him from their 18 into the middle of the pitch. That's fine. You can't be over the halfway line in your own half doing that same job, like so you're 10 yards from the 18-yard box because it's ultimately going to break down, right? Or should do because you're out, you've got them outnumbered. But then you've got no release ball, like I said earlier, right? And if you looked at the game, how many times did you see Kiefer Moore just in the wrong position, just not able to stretch and get it? Same with Wilson, same with Ojo, just not, you know, can't turn, just getting tackled before they turn, or, you know, balls in the air, just missing the header to flick it on to your mate. It, we're, we're, and that's what I said, tactically, the one little thing was throwing off so many other things, which made it look a lot worse than what it probably actually was. But you've got to adjust that little tactic, right? Which was your shape, effectively. You know, your shape, because what Cardiff were doing by playing deep and then thinking, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll go at them when they come into a certain position. Well, Swansea, they play against, that's what they want to play against. They play against that every week. Teams who kind of concede possession to them, they've now been doing it for years and they're used to trying to break you down and open you up. And if you watch the spread of play, what they were doing is coming down our right up against Bakuna and then spreading it over to Bennett's side. But Bennett often was tucked too far around, still covering, as if the ball was coming down Swansea's left, right? And then when the ball would switch over to Roberts, it should have been the first man engaging him should have been Bennett, right? But it was often Ojo, right? So what you do is Bennett engages him further away from your goal. He sprints out, engages him, watches the ball in the air, follows it, engages him. Then Morrison comes around, Nelson comes around, um, Bakuna comes around. But that also gives time for Ojo to recover, right? And don't forget, you've got two men in midfield so they can recover on the switch, Right, because you—it's gone forward, but it's only gone forward on the switch, probably ten yards. Right, and while that ball's travelling in the air, is when Bennett makes his move, and everyone's got to work incredibly hard because they're very good at what they're doing. Right, but you're asking a team that's energy sapped to work incredibly hard, outnumbered in midfield. It's like, come on, people. You know, tactically, I would been—I would have just been in there saying, Neil, come come on, this is suicide almost, right? Would you have started Pack in midfield, dropped Harris and just stuck Pack in there, simple as that, or...? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I would, you know, it's the kind of game, right? People say like, those, those, those sorts of things to me, and, but it's the kind of game. I'm looking at my entire squad, right? I really am, Dan. I, I'm, I'm looking at energy, I'm looking at legs, I'm looking at tactical i'm looking at technical at no more at no point if you remember last week's show at no point you mentioned we got a goal from squeezing up high and pressing at no point did we mm. try and press Swansea. and i'm like well straight away psychologically that hands them an advantage because they're hoping you don't press them high because it's going to be hard for us to get into a rhythm away from home in this kind of game so once you concede possession to a swansea Right from the get-go, mate, you're in trouble. The only, the, only, the only time I can remember us pressing them was Ojo. Didn't Ojo do it to set up the more chance that Bennett brings him down? There you go, you can remember once. Yeah, once. <laughs> right? yeah. You can pick once. it out, right? That's the point. In a derby against your big... 
<laughs> it's all I've got. Let me cling to it. So, do we do we look towards the next game now, Birmingham? What are we doing there? Yeah, I mean, listen, I I, I think like. We listen. We we don't get paid. I I think what we can do is is talk about, you know, we can we, we can preview the game, uh, you know, rightly we, we we should beat Birmingham. But they're they're a tough unit. You know, sometimes they're very very good. Sometimes they're very very poor. So you never quite know what you're getting with them. But my question: Do you stick with a four four two? That's the bigger question. I think. Um, like I said last week, all fans want to do is uh, see the formation the wins, you know. And I think Harris, before the Swansea game, would have just thought these players, however knackered I might think they are, they're telling me they're fit, they're telling me they want to play against Swansea. It's worked in these in these last four games. We've been defensively sound. You know, the only goal. You've got all this. You've got all the science now that can give you that data, right? <laughs> yeah. Dan, you can come and tell me and tell me I'm I'm fine. Yeah. But your data shows me that you're flagging or you're about to pull a muscle or they've got all that data now, mind. So that's where the manager has to say, well, I'm not asking you, yeah. right? This is the next team, right? Why? Because Dan is struggling, I know, and I don't have to explain it, but I'll explain it to Dan when I call him in, in my office. Nath, you're struggling, you're redlining, in you come, blah, 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 blah. And by now, we should be used to rotation. Yeah. I think what I said last week, though, was how, whatever changes he makes, if that doesn't work, he'd get killed. I mean, he's being killed anyway, so you could argue that it, it doesn't really matter. I think, <clears throat> I think for, for Wednesday's game, look, it's, it's going to depend on who we've got available, isn't it? Because Rawls is going to be suspended. I don't know if he'll be suspended for one or well, three games. One now is a massive loss, isn't he? Yeah, and that hamstring injury is like, well, I haven't heard from the club yet how, how no. long or anything like that. But to me, it looked uh, on the movement he done it because it was a, a an unusual movement. He, he, that looked like a six weeker to me at least. Brilliant news. Yeah, I think um, so. Look, we're going to see Glatzel up front, aren't we? Mm. Um, would you make? Do you think there'll be any changes in defence because? You know, people, people obviously call for Bakuna to be pushed into midfield because he gives energy in midfield. But then who do you play at right back? People calling for maybe Cunningham to come in at right back, even though he's a left back. Uh, you know, Benkovic. Are we ever going to see Benkovic? I think, jumping on a point you made earlier, I think that's where a director of football makes sure that you picked up a right back in the summer and probably... Last season, I mean, you don't tell the manager to pick the team, but last season, Sanderson not playing at Fulham, right? Probably done his head in after he played so well for the three or four months he was here. And if he plays in that playoff game, win, lose or draw, I think you can convince him to sign for a season and really develop him. And OK, you don't ultimately get the benefit long term, but short term, you most certainly do. But you can also say to your young 21-year-old, 19-year-old, uh, watch him, you know, you're, you're going to be coming in here next season sort of thing. So, you know, I think, I think that's where we've missed a, a trick. Yeah, I agree. I think we missed a trick not picking him up. He had lots of raw talent. 
He's a big, big lad. He was strong. Yeah. Yeah, look, he did make a mistake often in games, you know, and clearly he made that one against Fulham. But, you know, I was speaking to a... a Young lads do, right? That's what you learn. No one one ever played the game without making a mistake, not even the great Diego, right? Exactly. I think um, I was speaking to a mate who's a Wolves fan and Sanderson for them, they play three at the back. So he was playing the right of a of three centre backs. That's what he gave not, that not a right back. So he's playing a, he was playing a completely new position for us yeah. as well. And you know, I give him, you know, seven out of ten most games. But you he, but you but if you kept him, that gives you the option of him, Morrison and Nelson playing in a three, right? Exactly, Which is, yeah. You've got a good you've got the two wider ones with good pace, great physicality, great athleticism. And you've got the leadership and experience of Morrison in the middle. So, you know, like I said, these are things where if you're building, right, we, we, we seem to take part of our house away and, and tomorrow build the same part up and above it again and then, you know, take a bit away and then build it back up and above again. So it, it just makes the process even longer, right, rather than shorter, which is, you know, you, you, want, you want success as instant as possible, don't you? Mm. So, you know, will we see people like Murphy or Hoylett come into the team, do you think? I think Mark Harris will be given a rest. I don't think he had a bad game on, on Saturday. I, I think there was a lot of effort there from him, at least. Um, and occasionally he got behind them, you know, like when he, when he did with Bennett. But, you know, he's played five games now in such a short space of time. I think giving him a rest is a good idea on Wednesday. Um I don't think we'll see a four four two. I think we'll either see the the four five one or the four three three. Um to me I think Wilson and Ojo have, have got to play really because what's the point in signing Wilson if you're gonna stick him on the bench? Do you um, listen, you're a fan, let me ask you a question. Do you blame Harris or do you blame the team for the performance against Swansea? Um I think you blame him. No blame at all. Is it just uh, you know, you, you know, because everything can be explained. You, you, we can we can get a yeah, you know, uh, explanation for for everything, a reason why this has happened that happened. Do you lay the blame at anyone's door? I think they've all got to look at themselves. Look, Harris Harris set them up in that system, but we've spoke about why he might have just thought I've been good and I've been lucky the last four games. Um, Let's keep let's keep rolling with it. The four four two might cause them problems. We might get overrun in midfield, but let's go for it. Five minutes in, defensive mistake by pretty much everyone in the defence sees them score. So yeah, I'd lay blame at their Over, door. Overconfident, because I watch his body. I'm a big body language reader, right? And I said to Rob Phillips on the cans before the game, "Wow, he skipped out to do the interview, Neil." He was floating. He was on cloud nine. Trust me. So he was confident, right? Now, what I would say is maybe a touch of overconfidence from the last four results. The fact that you haven't looked at this opposition and thought, giving them their due respect of what they do and what they do well and how, yes, we're at home, but we're going to counteract that. But we can either say uh, we are bully them and we'll win the game. Or we can give them their due respect and say, well, this is going to be a battle royal. 
what we can do is let them get comfortable. That's the one thing we can't let Swansea do is get comfortable on our turf, all right? Because by the end of the game, last 20 minutes, it's like a training game. I've never seen nothing like it in my life. Ten men, you could have seven men. Back in my day, you'd still put up a proper ding-dong fight, right? And the, 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 the players looked exhausted and, and, and just tired out. So, I don't know. I, 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 I look and I think there's, like I, like I keep saying, there's, there's minor issues which, in many places, which end up being uh, major because there's so many little issues. But, but I, I think, I think after, after blaming the players for that mistake and maybe talking about Harris being overconfident, you've got to look at Harris after they've gone 1-0 up and say, why have you not changed things? Like, so, so blame, five games blame. in fourteen days. If yeah, it's, that's a lot of it's a lot of football, isn't it? It is. It, it, and there's it, it's madness. and look, there's a, there's a six game coming up in seventeen days, eighteen days. So we've got to go out there, and you'd expect a, you'd expect a reaction, wouldn't you? Um, I think I'd I'd expect the team to be Smithies and goals. I'd expect the defense to to stay the same. To be perfectly honest. I'd expect to see Pack, Volks, um, Glatzel up front, Ojo and Wilson wide. That's one more. I don't know. Is he going to stick? Will he? Will he try Murphy as a shadow striker? Will he stick Wilson? Will he stick Wilson inside and put Murphy out wide? Will he put Hoylett out wide? Yeah. Oh, Hoylett out wide. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting one, mate, but. Um... I think what it done was bring us back to earth with a big bump, didn't it? I think yeah. above all, that's what it done was, you know, and I, I, I try not to get too high when we win and too low when we lose because you're trying to find a solution, you know, you're trying to make what's good better and what's worse good, right? So it's no point like losing your head and getting carried away if we win 6-0 or absolutely like burying yourself if we get beat 4-0. You know, at home, yeah. it, you know, you have to find a way out uh, of the problem. And uh, for me, it's the consistency. That's that's where the problem lies. We've had good runs. We're a lot like we're like like Manchester, like Man United, didn't we? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, like we can go, we can go three or four games okay, and then the, we we seem to have a, a down period. But yeah, you know, is that? Is that due to tactics and, and, and the way we're playing? Because I still, I, I'll always maintain by the time a kid's 14, 15, if he's at your academy and he's been there since he's eight or nine, by the time he's 15, 16 definitely, he should know and understand at least, at least three different systems of play. At least, right? Three, five, two, uh, four, four, two, four, three, three. Uh, four, five, one, you know, he, he should understand these systems of play by the time he's 16, definitely. And, you know, that's another thing I think we could, we could add to our um, four-day, most definitely. So we'll wrap up, mate. And uh, obviously we're looking forward to the Birmingham game on Wednesday or tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we just touched on it and whether or not we win, lose or draw. I think, I think it's um, for Neil Harris. It's it's about gaining a, a positive result, right? That that's that's going to be the 
regardless of what happens, he's got to come out with a positive result. Otherwise, we're back to where we were two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. And then, and then we'll go into Norwich on Saturday. So, you know, if we don't get a positive result at home against Birmingham on Wednesday... We'll then, win at Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about... I was thinking about Norwich when I was having a cup of tea before we started chatting. Yeah. And I remember, you know, Norwich is, it's a long way away, Norwich, as, as, oh, an, away, as, journey, as, as an away fan. And I met, the last time I went there was with um, Tony, Tony Jeffries, who runs buses, called The Tit, Tony's Independent Travel. And um, our bus broke down on the motorway. So we were all... You know, we'd had a few drinks. We're all stranded at the side of the motorway. Uh, we were still about an hour from Norwich. So we just we just phoned a taxi from the side of the motorway and then ended up getting a taxi into Norwich and made it in, made it in time to go to two pubs in Norwich before the game. You so, have to say, the fans are just something special, isn't they? Yeah. I've, al- I've always been amazed amazed by, by, by fans. but And I don't say this because I'm Cardiff, right? I say it because the things that have happened to me, but Cardiff fans especially, right? And I've and I seen it when I went to the Euros with the Welsh fans as well, uh, who were largely, you know, made up of Cardiff fans. Uh, and like I, I've told the story before about the time when I was at Blackburn playing, um, we were playing West Brom and like hundreds of Cardiff fans turned up, like to watch the game. Yeah. It was <laughs> the strangest, still the strangest game I've ever played in, in my life personally. Because there was a, a like a hundred, maybe hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred of them. I, I can't remember, uh, but it was a it was a good section of them, and you can imagine the Cardiff fans are in Birmingham, like or West Bromwich, you know, and they've got their own section, um, not singing for Blackburn, just singing for Nathan Blake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they do some mad stuff, but I love them for it, honestly. So what were that? What were the, your Blackburn teammates? What are they saying to you then? They, they were like... freaked. They <laughs> couldn't believe it from the time we got off the coach and there was about 20 or 30 of them there. <laughs> and I, I had a surreal moment. I had like a, like a double take as I recognised a few of the fans as I got off the coach, <laughs> said all right, and I went to walk and I thought, hold on, what are you lot doing here? <laughs> right? it, was, it, was, it was surreal, mate. It was surreal. But the stories you could tell, I bet, you know, yeah, uh, of fans and, and, and what their commitment is to the club, and 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 that's 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 what you have to understand, right? Owners are only ever stakeholders. You know, they change, managers change, you know, players change. The only constant, the fan. I say it all the time. Base your whole philosophy and your club. Base it around your fan. He is, she is, they are the most important thing. And I think if you understand that and build that into your philosophy, then you won't be very far from success. Simple as that. So let's finish with uh, the little top five. By the way, I'm loving the, the playlist, by the way. It's coming yeah, along you can... all right. It's even I pat myself on the back, even though you're doing the uploading, Deep. So I think a few people on Facebook have asked where the playlist is. So it's now finally been made because I, I was waiting for G to make it. And... Uh, you know, he's got three kids and a busy life, so... Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, have, you, have you got a top five for me this week? Because we, we got one. Have you got, have you got something a little... Because I'm, I'm, I'm more like soulful, man, soulful. You, you do it this week, Nath, because I saw you done one in the running order. I'll do it next week. And okay. mine is going to be inspired by 
I watched the Steve McQueen, the directors, made a load of films about Black Britain in the 60s and 70s and 80s and okay, 90s. Yes. And I watched the first one on Friday night and it's based around the Mangrove restaurant, West Indian restaurant in Notting Hill. And the music in it is amazing. <clears throat> but it, it's also music that you'd hear on a bus going away to watch Cardiff City. It's a lot of like good old tunes. So I'll get that together for next week. Yeah, man. Yeah, I look forward to hearing it, man. I look, look forward to hearing it because you're talking about some old probably Janet Kay and stuff like that. And, and some, of the, some of the tunes we put last week, you know, Yabra and people's Don't yeah. You Stop It. I mean, I won't sing because I'll just spoil the podcast. You know? <laughs> so let, well, listen, so uh, what are we, our third week? So our top five will go number one, Finlay Key, even after all. To all, all the suffering. <laughs> our second and number two is Frank Ocean, Pink or White. Love that tune. I won't sing it because it's... Uh, Nath, you've gone a bit, that's a bit contemporary for you, isn't it? Well, I am a contemporary music listener. Well. You know, I am a, you know, I do anything from... Jazz to opera to soul to R and B to folk. I love a bit of Cat Stevens. Or I do a bit of country. I, I can do a bit of it all, mate. Honestly, if it's got a beat and I can move to it, I'm tap. Wrong my head <laughs> this, to it. This playlist is going to get more. I'm looking forward to the to the opera, opera top five. I'm a, I'm an eight I'm an 80s child. So you have got your Depeche Modes and your uh, your your, your Ahas and your Duran Durans. And I your used whams. to. On, on, the, on the Depeche Mode tip, I used to get my hair cut on Clifton Street, <laughs> which, look, everyone argues where Clifton Street is. I would say it's Rofe. Some people would say it's Splot. I'm from Splot. Clifton Street's not Rofe, uh, not Splot. People would say it's Adamstown. But there was, there was a barber's on Clifton Street called Modes for Men, and the fella who run it was just a massive Depeche Mode fan. And he would, uh, yeah. So you used to cut your hair in, in yeah. that style as well? You get one type of haircut, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are the days, listen, I tell my kids all the time, those are the days where you had individuality. People just done yeah. their thing, right? Yeah, done their thing. So, right, back to the playlist. Uh, number three, we've got Tony Braxton, What You Need, and Watch is spelled What Cha, What You Need. And then four, if you're going to like this, chucked in a proper curveball. A bit of Ike and Tina Turner. Ah. In your wildest dreams. It's a remix. Make sure you find the remix, right? The remix. It's the same as that Rasam Patterson tune that we uploaded. It's yeah. the lovely one, but there's a remix. I think it's DJ Spoonie. Uh, it's a bit livelier, the I've remix. remixed it, yeah. That's, that's like get down on the dance floor tune. And finally... We've got Keisha Cole, Let It Go, featuring Missy Elliott and Little Kim. So, Let It Go, that's what we got to do, haven't we, after last Saturday, you know? Well, appropriately. Yeah. Let It Go, Let It Go. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, uh, listen, let's, uh, let's hope for a better result um, tomorrow, D. And, uh, yeah. yeah, fingers crossed, eyes crossed, toes crossed. The whole Everything. Thing. Yeah. Let's, let's hope we're chatting about six points or even four points when we get together next week. Absolutely. So that's a wrap, people. Once again, big thanks to uh, my partner in crime, 
Mr. Daniel Tite. And uh, you've been listening to a Jams and Mr. B production in association with Orchard Productions. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, children also, don't forget the children. It's time for us to say au revoir. Ciao.